The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't Yes, great to have your company. Thanks to Hayes and Mardo's run home. Of course, Peter Vlail's in for Hayes. Mardo's now gone. He'll return tomorrow between three and five, and I'll do it. Uh, the final run home for the week before Hayes returns next Monday. But it is Sports Day WA time, and we're here for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year. And our friends at Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. We'll have all the uh, trade news uh, coming your way a bit later on, including uh, Aaron Norton talking about his eight-year deal that he signed yesterday. But first, for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil, the big story for me today has been involving the biggest sport on the planet, and that is the World Cup. And the World Cup is considered every four years as the biggest event uh, in world sport. And the 2030 version of the World Cup, which is the 100-year anniversary of the event is set to be played in Europe and Africa with the surprising addition of South America in a deal to allow the men's showpiece football tournament to start with a 100th birthday party in Uruguay. Now, FIFA reached an agreement overnight between soccer's continental leaders to accept only one candidate for hosting the 2030 tournament in six countries. Now, the Spain-Portugal bid grew to add Morocco this year and now also includes longtime bid rivals, Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay. And all six national teams will get automatic entry to the 48 team tournament. A key lure of the unprecedented three continent project is being able to open in the Uruguayan capital of Montevideo, where their Centenario Stadium hosted the inaugural 1930. World Cup final. Here is the FIFA president, uh, Gianni Infantino, announcing uh, and the, all the news regarding the FIFA World Cup announcement for 2030. Divided world, FIFA and football are uniting. The FIFA Council representing uh, the entire world of football unanimously agreed to celebrate the centenary of the FIFA World Cup, whose first edition was played in Uruguay in 1930 in the most appropriate way. As a result, a celebration will take place in South America, and three South American countries, Uruguay, Argentina, and Paraguay, will organize one match each of the FIFA World Cup 2030. The first of these three matches will, of course, be played at the stadium where it all began, in Montevideo's mythical Estadio Centenario, precisely to celebrate the centenary edition of the FIFA World Cup. Felicidades Uruguay, Argentina y Paraguay. The FIFA Council also unanimously agreed that the only bid to host the FIFA World Cup 2030 will be the joint bid of Morocco, Portugal and Spain, where 101 games will be played. Mabruk, Al-Maghrib, Parabench, Portugal, enhorabuena, España, congratulations to Europe, felicitations à l'Afrique. 
So there you go. Uh, so you never get an announcement. I can understand the thinking about it. Some people are saying it's horrific that it's been spread right across the globe, but it is a special celebration of the centenary of the World Cup, which has uh, produced so many champions over those hundred years, highlighted by just about 20-odd years from its inception with Pelé in the 1950s, where he led Brazil to, of course, uh, World Cup glory. And then we've had Maradona and we've had so many exciting players in between. In recent times, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, who for the first time as Argentinians captain hoisted the World Cup. So it's going to be a special tournament in 2030. And for me, that is a significant story. And the other thing that's interesting is that the 2034 tournament uh, James Johnson, the head of the Football Federation of Australia, conducted also a press conference today because Gianni Infantino also said that the 2034 tournament will be limited to member nations from Asia, Oceania, with Saudi Arabia also a contender. But he mentioned Asia, where we play, that is the Socceroos, and Oceania, which is also the region where Australia lies. So on the back end of the FIFA Women's World Cup, that was just absolutely gigantic in this country and in New Zealand. The thought of a 2034 tournament down under is uh, quite exciting indeed. I'll speak to Craig Foster a little bit later on in the program to talk about that. Fozzie is certainly very opinionated, gives his thoughts, and is a very educated human being. So he's going to join us a bit later on. For uh, Cobram Estate, that's the big story of the day. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. For Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Big news regarding Aaron Norton, as we know, last night. The fact that he has decided to be a one-club AFL player for life, signing that monster deal of eight years at the Western Bulldogs. And here is Aaron Norton on that eight-year contract. Sort of pressure release to get it done and now just sort of focus on footy and, you know, with the group that we got here, which is, you know, the whole reason of signing, yeah, the belief that I have in this group and what I want to achieve here um, at the Bulldogs is, yeah, the reason behind it. And I think when you get drafted by a club and they make you feel so welcome, not only myself, but my whole family back in WA and you build those really strong connections um, with all your teammates and, you know, have some of my best mates here. I have a great connection with Bevo. He's sort of laid back a little bit like myself into the, you know, surfing in the outdoors and, um, yeah, we sort of have that connection and, you know, he's been great for my career so far. He's, he's the one that put me forward at the end of the day and um, turned out all right. So, yeah, I'm thankful for Bevo and um, the club has selected me all way back then. So there you go. That's uh, Aaron Norton talking about his monster deal, eight-year contract. Now, Tom Morris from SEN said that Sydney were certainly moving to try and secure his services and did almost a buddy, and did a buddy, offered him a mammoth 10-year deal. This is what Tom had to say. Which clubs were keen on him most? And Collingwood had a little nibble. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't massive on him, but they had, a, they had a bit of a crack. Got to have a crack. Yeah, I had a crack. They asked the question. Geelong were interested. The West Coast Eagles were interested. Of course. And the Sydney Swans were interested. Now, my information is that the Sydney Swans offered upwards of $11 million dollars Across 10 years. Now, what? it was put to me that it was $12 million. Stop, stop. Yep. Say that one more time. The Sydney Swans offered upwards of $11 million across 10 years. 
So there you go. That's uh, Tom Morris uh, regarding the deal involving Aaron Norton. Uh, certainly a big uh, sports story uh, today. And uh, also there's been some developments on Clayton Oliver as well. And we'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, the sports stories, thanks to Polaris. The plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS. Plus get $1,000 free accessories.